Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My special guest on Bent Notes is a singer-songwriter who had a band called Moontwist in London, which had Aussie Muso's pianist Mark Fitzgibbon and vocalist Nisha Fitzgibbon as part of the lineup. Since that time, Ruth Rogers Wright has emigrated to Australia and is well known for her amazing Nina Simone tributes. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Bent Notes, Ruth Rogers Wright. Welcome, Ruth. Hi. Love to speak to you again, David. It has been quite some time. I was looking back. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, we had you, I think it might have actually been in studio with Henry and Adam. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was like a round table, wasn't it? It was indeed. <laughs> Ruth, I read that you came to prominence in the UK with what was termed New British Jazz. What does that mean? What is New British Jazz? Gosh, I don't really know. <laughs> I think it was like um, there was a DJ called Giles Peterson and it was like Sade and it was Tommy Chase who played, it was more jazz that played with Mark Fitzgibbon. I mean, he, I think he, Tommy Chase thought we were all riffraff really. <laughs> but it was kind of like pop but with like jazz elements and a bit of a beat. Right. You know, so it was before like R and B, or before something would be termed R and B, but like more jazzy. We played a piece that uh, had a bit more jazziness, uh, or a bit more poppiness to it, early in the program called "Billie Holiday" from your Book of Ruth album. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that would be uh, be coined um, new jazz, although it's like middle aged jazz now. <laughs> <laughs> Times do change, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, we've got a bit older since then. <laughs> Did you consider yourself as part of that something new before Giles Peterson coined that term? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I think you're always happy as a young artist to be welcomed into any fold. I just always like to do my own thing. So if it happens to fit into what everybody else, you know, wants to, you know, welcome you into, then I'm quite happy with that. But I'm pretty much the cat that walks by themselves, I think. Did you start off in the jazz world or did you start off elsewhere from the uh, performing perspective? I started off as a, I suppose, a sidekick fan of Joe Jackson. He was a songwriter, singer-songwriter, and like many singer-songwriters, you know, you have your, um, I don't know, like times when you're not as confident and so he would often ask me, you know, like, what do you think of this? Or, you know, there'd just be different things that we would, like, talk about. Like, he wanted to do a project that was different to his own. And so it was either going to be uh, Latin American music or Cab Calloway type thing, which he, he had a project called Jumping Jive, which I was actually in. And that was, like, my first proper gig, if you like, you know, with with my own rider of gin I had uh, somebody to set my wig for me, you know, so this wig would arrive. I'd have somebody that would 
give me the rose to put all the gardenia to put in the side of my hair and and all of that sort of thing and so once um that friendship more or less came to an end then that really gave me the confidence to start my own thing and so that's how i ended up being called new british jazz although i wasn't really thinking of it like that i just (laughs) I wanted to do music, you know. You were just creating new music to listen to, not necessarily under any particular banner. That's exactly right, Mm. you know. And I I started my, you know, made my own little record label called Rip Rip Records. Ah. And, uh, you know, and then one day, and I had like a thousand records, and I would go around these record shops and ask them to take just two, two or three. And I took them to a few radio stations, and one day I came in, and it was the record of the week on Capital Radio in London. And that's pretty much how it started. And so um, a subsidiary of EMI came by and bought the 960 records that were left <laughs> and, and then started printing them themselves. And that's pretty much like how, how it started. What a me. thrill to have that occur. Yeah, it was. it was. It was incredibly exciting. You know, I mean, they were like talking on the radio and they were like, I don't know who this person is. They haven't. You know, because I didn't realize that you're supposed to put a bio or anything. Oh, just right. like, just please play this. If you like it, please play it. And I didn't put any any details. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, they're asking me to go in there. And so, yeah, it was, it was very exciting times. And then I signed to a major record company. You know, then things didn't work out quite so well, because like I say, I'm a bit of an independent type of person. Yeah. They wanted me to have a certain type of band, and it's with a certain type of look, you know, and I had like Nisha Fitzgibbon and Mark Fitzgibbon and the people and the other people in the band, and I just had people that suited the music, not like, you know, what colour they were or what they looked like or how short or fat they were. When you're with a major record company, they often want to choose, you know, they want to kind of choose your look and... Because they say, well, this is how we can market it. Yeah, they wanted to create another Monkeys or Beatles or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, actually, for them at the time, it was they wanted to create another Banana Rama. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh. So it was re- it was very strange, you know, like uh, the music that I did, and then Banana Rama. It's like, oh my gosh, where does that come from? <laughs> A very big yeah. change. Along it the, really was. Along the way, somewhere, Ruth, you became aware of Nina Simone. Yes, I did. Look, look um, Nina Simone, I first came across her when I was living in Germany with my mum, and she used to play I've Got Life. And, you know, I just, that was just so fascinating, you know, because she's basically, I ain't got this, I ain't got that. But then there's something that I've got, you know, I've got my hair, I've got my hair, I've got my eyes, I've got blood, I've got, you know, everything. I've got my life. And that really resonated with me. And then when my mum was on her 50th birthday, I took her to see Nina Simone. And I was just so amazed at how Nina Simone performed. I mean, we saw her at Ronnie Scott's. It was like sitting a few feet away from Nina Simone. And the first thing she did when she came on was sort out the audience and where oh. they were sitting. Oh, really? And like literally, yes, well, like actually shouting at people going, you, get out! Oh, You know, kind okay. of thing. And, and things like, well, you know, it's Nina Simone, right? <laughs> and uh, so she can do whatever Nina does. Yeah. Then, you know, we all quickly like shuffled around and looked at each other, like hoping that she didn't really mean us or anything. But then once she got started, like she was a type of performer that totally 
recreated these tunes, which, you know, she'd probably been doing them for 20 years or so. Yes. But she would kind of, like, recreate this magic. It was, she was just so mesmerizing and so, um, like, like, almost like a restless spirit, angry but full of love and passion at the same time. Just amazing. And so that's how I really got into Nina Simone. And then when she died... I was at a lull in my career where I wasn't really doing any music. I was feeling a bit heartbroken by music. I think the arts is a bit like that. Like you, you, you know, you're either madly in love with the arts or, the, or you feel the arts isn't really in love with you anymore. It was suggested to me to maybe do Nina Simone. So I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a try. And I just thought, well, I'll just do once. Yes. But it went so well. We were asked to do, you know, various cabaret festivals and things like that. It was made into a play, you know, and we've done so many things. So, yeah, it's been great. Thank you, Nina. You're performing in the very near future. In fact, next Friday night at the Hawthorne Arts Centre in a program called... Friday the the 20th. That's it. The Great Songs of Nina Simone. What is it about your performance in this show that engenders a real sense of her music and, and, of course, her activism as well? Well, it's a kind of channeling of her energy so always before the show like a few days before I'll always be talking to Nina's ghost as it were you know saying that what do you want me to say how do you want me to 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 show you what side of you know is there anything that I can say that will represent you today like who would you be today you know how do you feel right now and it is a combination of that activism although lately what I've feel I've picked up from her is more from that song Young, Gifted and Black, which is black people are really beautiful and they can do anything and that there's meant to be a million boys and girls in this world who are incredibly talented black people. Well, this is the lyrics in the song. Yes. And she just goes, to be young, gifted and black, what a lovely, precious dream. There's a world waiting for you. Open your hearts to what that means. And so I really feel resonating on that, you know, the power that people have of determination, like somebody like Nina Simone, she was a classical musician and she didn't get that break because of her skin color, but she turned that around and became this amazing kind of jazz crossover gospel artist. With obviously lots of get up and go and energy and very clear direction about who she wants in her audience. Yeah, with yeah. Now, well, now have mean, you picked up the I'm habit? not going to be pushing anybody out. No, oh, good. no. Oh, good. I'm, yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the nice side of Nina. Yeah. <laughs> Pleased to hear it. So next Friday night, yeah. you'll have some of Nina's songs, uh, some of your songs as well? Yes, yes. So it's mainly, uh, we mainly do uh, Nina Simone songs. And then there's a couple of songs which are like, biographies of her like one represents her when she went to Liberia to live there for a couple of years yes and then there's another song called Nina Simone which actually mentions when she played at Ronnie Scott's that time but it sort of like covers her life and different things that she said whether it was in the shows that I saw like I saw her about six times then there's also a poem that I've written which basically is like a prose throughout all her life and it speaks like in my voice a bbc voice and a nina simone accent voice oh wonderful as well yeah. sounds like a fantastic night of entertainment ruth 
Thank you thank so you. much for talking to us tonight. I've got your Liberian Day songs lined up now, which uh, is a song that you've written about the time that Nina spent in Liberia. That's right, yeah. Well, she, when she uh, went to Liberia, she just, I think, split up from her second husband. So she kind of went wild when she went to Liberia. So apparently she was, like, dancing naked in clubs and making love on the beach, as you do, of course. Of course. And, and totally feeling free and discovering her African roots or how she interpreted African roots. Thank you for chatting with me about uh, next Friday night show, the 20th of yes. October at the Hawthorne Arts Centre. My best yes. wishes to you for a fabulous show on that uh, next Thank Friday you, night. Thank you, David, and I hope that you'll be there if you're there, give you a big hug and shake your hand as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Ruth. My guest on Bent Notes has been vocalist Ruth Rogers-Wright. You're listening to Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.